Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And Ike, we've got Monday Night Football tonight. Cowboys versus Eagles. Week three of the NFL season is almost wrapped up. And if you want to place a bet on the action, Bet Online is the place to do it. Want me some money off of Bet Online? Betting with the Cincinnati Bengals against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I know a lot of people are mad, but that's just how it goes sometimes. Ike, you called it. And so head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, Ike, I know you're a huge boxing fan. We got Tyson Fury round three coming up. Do I have that right? Yeah, that's that's all, that's all about right. In a few weeks here. So, again, Bet Online is the place to do that. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, go ahead and cue the music, and it's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believe It Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT recording this the Monday morning after the Steelers' 24-10 loss to the Cincinnati Bengals. Are you like me? I'm licking my wounds a little bit this morning, Ike. We've got a lot to discuss on today's show, but how are you, my man? I'm good. I was, what, 11 points off? I said 24-21 on our last show. The Pittsburgh Steelers wasn't going to lose to the Bengals. But, uh, yeah, it was a tough loss for Pittsburgh. We'll get more into that. But I just had that feeling, Mark. I had that feeling that the Cincinnati Bengals was going to come into Pittsburgh and get that W, and that's exactly what they did. Ike, I want to get right into the struggles of this offense. And I want to ask you from the get-go, Where do you start in trying to fix the offensive issues that the Steelers have? Because this is now three games now where it has just been an absolute mess. I said on Twitter yesterday, I think that the offense is broken. But if we gave you the keys to the Cadillac and we said, Ike, what would you do to try to fix this offense? Where do you start? Man, I'm going to our formation. I'm taking Big Ben out of that shotgun formation. And we're going to try to to at least establish, you know, establish the run game. And the reason why I'm going to do that, one, it's going to give my defense some time and give them some rest so they ain't got to be on the field the whole time. Two, it's going to help my offensive line and young offensive line out on putting they, on putting their weight on another man, on another defender. And three, man, they'll open up the play-action pass game. They know every time seven goes back out there in the shotgun, you know, he's getting the ball out less than 2.8, 2.9 seconds. So I ain't really got to sit on, sit on no routes or worry about no deep routes. So – I would try to establish the run right now. It's the same thing as last year. Mark, they really ain't got no identity. You don't know if they want to be a run team or a passing team. And, they, and, and Big Ben always got to throw for 50-something attempts if they always behind. But that's establishing some kind of identity right now. Pittsburgh, the same thing it was last year, man. They have no identity. 
But you need that. You need that. Um, but you need that identity and personality to at least, you know, at least go into games and and and, and team scout you and be like, man, this is exactly what they want to do. We got to try to stop them, and this and this what they're doing to open this up for the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. It's just it's just not looking good. Like like you say, they looking lost right now. They don't they don't want to know if they want to be a passing team or a running team. And really, right now at this point in Game Three, they can't do either or. They can't run or pass. Ike, you're stealing some of my thunder here. Big Ben at age 39 in year 18. It is not a recipe for success to have him throw the ball 58 times in a game. I understand you're you're facing a deficit late in the game. But yet again, we see yet another game where the Steelers throw the ball considerably more than they run it. And we don't even get close to that 50-50 split. And I'm going to be a broken record here on the podcast yet again today. You got to go back to week six of the 2020 season, the last time the Steelers ran the ball more than they passed it. So when you're putting Big Ben and the onus on him, play after play after play after play, and it's super predictable given all the injuries that the Steelers had. Deontay Johnson didn't play because of a knee injury. Juju left the game. With a rib injury, you had two injuries on the offensive line to Kendrick Green and Chooks Okorafor during the game. So then from an offensive standpoint, like Ike, they put Big Ben in the shotgun. Claypool's going to be at the bottom of the screen on the left side. And then whichever other skill position players are left healthy. Like if I'm picking this up as just an average viewer, what am I thinking from a defensive standpoint? If I'm a defender or an opposing defensive coordinator, it's so predictable of what they're trying to do. And it's like they can't even establish one thing. And I think the word you used that was really important right there, Ike, was an identity of this is what we're going to hang our hat on. This is going to be what our identity is. And the Steelers do not have that from an offensive standpoint through three games in the 2021 season. Well, I think you just used the right adjective for it, Mark. Predictable. They just so predictable. They're predictable. In the play calling right now, they're predictable. In the routes, they're predictable. And they understand seven is not going to hold the ball for long. They're just predictable in a lot of things. And that's not a good thing, you know. And, and they have an identity crisis over there in the, in, in the Steel City. And that's not even fun to watch coming from a former Pittsburgh Steelers. They have to get back to the run game. If they don't get back to the run game, they're not going to win too many ball games. And you're sitting and you're wasting a good defense because they do have a very good defense. Defense only can be good for so long, regardless of how good it is. You know what I'm saying? And by helping the defense, you have to establish some kind of running right now. And they ain't even trying to establish no run. And I said I said this earlier, you know, I, I didn't like the Matt Canada. And this is no this is no no pick to, to Matt Canada. I just didn't like the inside hire. And the reason why I didn't like the inside hire, I think you need to shuffle it up and to shuffle things up and to get people uncomfortable around you, sometimes you got to go outside the box. You go outside the box, nobody knows Big Ben, nobody knows what he does. Hey, I'm coming in seven. This is the offense we're running. I like this running offense, and this is what we're doing. Point blank, period, whether he likes it or not. But you hire inside again, even though Matt Canada comes comes from a running background and he likes to run. I told people this. I say, man, seven gonna do what seven wanna do. He's gonna trump whoever, especially if you if you hire inside. And and this is exactly what it's looking like, man. It's 
it's it's seven offense. And Matt, Matt Canada said, man, this is seven offense. And I think right now at a point in time, off of a good defense, they have, man, you have to run the ball and you gotta ruffle some kind of feathers. You know, I'm not trying to I'm in at that at that level, I'm not trying to be friends, Mark. I'm trying to win ball games. I'm trying to win ball games. And to do that, sometimes a few feathers gonna get ruffled. But at, at the end of the day, if we all on the same page, we're going to get to what we need to get to. But it's not looking like that for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Other than the 15th play drive capped off by the touchdown by Pat Fryermuth, and I thought he played well. I thought Najee Harris played well when they got them mm-hmm. the ball in space. What do you have to hang your hat on in this game offensively? Like a field goal? I mean, would have cut the deficit to two scores? Like, that is the issue right now. And so this begs the question, Ike, at what point do you say with Big Ben, would you then turn to a Mason Rudolph or a Dwayne Haskins? Because if we're not there, I think we're approaching that situation. I understand you have loyalty. I understand the two Super Bowl titles and the three Super Bowl appearances. But at what point do you at least entertain that as a question? Just because when he when Big Ben with like six minutes left in the game, you're down two scores. James Washington beats his man on the outside, and you overshoot James Washington. Through Big Ben's Hall of Fame career, I've not seen him miss receivers when they're open down the field like that. And that was one opportunity that would have cut it to a one-score game, and it's a throw that he misses. So, again, I ask the question I have now moving forward is, is how much longer do you stick to Big Ben whether it's out of loyalty, whether if in, in the thing that's scarier to, to me too, Ike, is if he is your best option at quarterback, <laughs> the growing pains you might have if Mason Rudolph or Haskins are in, but he's a statue back there. You have a, a bad offensive line that can't protect him. That's It's a young offensive line that still needs to gel, but he's not able to move around in the same way he was when he was younger. So defenses can just feast And we know that they're playing press coverage damn near every play because they know he's going to get the ball out quickly. But what say you, Ike, in terms of the quarterback situation? If the Steelers, should they make a change? Or if not now, what would be kind of your tipping point for that? No, Mark, I don't think the Pittsburgh Steelers should make a change. And I'm not just going to keep blaming it on the offensive line. You know, every time, every time seven don't play good, man, we keep talking about the offensive line, the offensive line, the offensive line. With a young offense, it's a lot of young offensive lines out there in the NFL that's winning ball games. You know, Green Bay got two guys on their offensive line. They got a starting center and a starting right guard on their offensive line. Uh, Tampa Bay last year winning the Super Bowl. They had a few guys. They, matter of fact, they started a rookie, so they had a few Works, guys. On yeah, that. yeah. But if you know, if you know Tom Brady, what he likes, he likes play action pass. And how do you establish a play action pass? You got to establish some kind of run. And we didn't know about Leonard Fournette. You know, we thought it, I, we thought Leonard Fournette's career was over last year going to Tampa. He revamped himself by running the ball like crazy in the playoffs. And that's what I'm saying, man. When you have a young offensive line, that's what you do, establish. You establish a run game. So the, the guys on the offensive line, they get in the zone just as well as the running back get in the zone. You know, so – and that's been my whole thing. Put seven under center. Don't ask seven what he wants to do. You tell seven what he needs to do. And then everything else will play itself out, man. You get all these offensive linemen getting hurt 
because he's dropping back 58 times and everybody's running back into each other. You get these receivers hurt because the ball is thrown 58 times. That's, that's a recipe for a disaster. You shouldn't have a shootout every game. If I'm throwing 58 times, that's, that, that, that's a shootout every game. You know what I'm saying? These good quarterbacks, they might throw for 32, 35. You know, every blue moon that might hit a 52, 58 piece. And we're starting to see that even with Patrick Mahomes. As good as Patrick Mahomes, man, they just put the top on the roof. And it was like, man, you're going to have to dink and dunk. And guys wind up getting hurt. Offensive linemen get hurt. Receivers get hurt. It, that's Football isn't made. These receivers ain't made. Even though, even though it's a spread kind of league now and people want to see points and shootouts, by the end of the day, man, dropping back 58 down there 45 times a game ain't healthy for n- no part of your offense. Yeah, and I don't care. Like you said, Ike, if you have a Patrick Mahomes or a Rodgers, elite quarterback talent throwing the ball that much, just it's not a recipe for success. 13 consecutive drives for the Steelers, opening drives where they have not scored a touchdown. Again, I like what would that do to get out to an early lead and give this defense a lead? Like, has this defense even played with the lead this season? Ike, it's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I mean, the standard is the standard. So I know on the defensive side, they're going to feel like, man, we got to get this offense, the ball back as many times as possible. But by the end of the day, man, it's, 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 it's all one machine. You know, offense help defense and defense help offense. And right now it's just being one-sided. And I just think it starts with the identity crisis. And Pittsburgh got to get back to that running identity. They got to put seven under center and let him hand the ball off. Okay, and I will say this. I did see that Derek Watt played more in this game at the fullback position. Saw they utilized him a little bit more because he had only played four snaps coming into the week three game against the Bengals. Again, I, I formation old school. Like I'm ready to roll. And Harris is going to get that many touches, whether he's handed the ball off or he catches it in the passing game. He had 14 receptions. He has excellent hands out of the backfield. So if he's going to get that many touches anyways, whether it comes to the run or the pass, why not, like you say, the offensive lineman can put their weight on the defensive line. And then what does that do to an opposing defense where they wear down in the third and fourth quarters? From the defensive standpoint, though, I I thought the Steelers played pretty well. I know Jamar Chase got into the paint twice for the Bengals. So you get that LSU connection with Joe Burrow. And he he beat James Pierre on the 34-yarder. And I'm thinking to myself, it's like, man, like that's why you draft him with the fifth overall pick, and he's a first-round talent. You expect him to make plays like that. Joe Mixon, I thought, played well. 18 carries for 90 yards was steady. But maybe most importantly, the Bengals kept Joe Burrow clean. Zero sacks for the Steelers. So they had 75 consecutive games where they had a sack. That streak comes to an end. Comes with the caveat that the Steelers did not play with Alex Highsmith or TJ Watt either. Yes. I mean, T. Smith, I mean, Ty and TJ, you know, when you lose a guy like TJ, that's hard. You know, we, we talk about him and Aaron Donald. Uh, damn them, you know, for the past three years, Defensive league MVP. <laughs> That's how good TJ yeah. Watt is. I think TJ Watt right now got 74 or 75, you know, sacks consecutively for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, and the young man just on his way to the Hall of Fame for real at a young, at a young age, at a young age. That's Mr. Consistent, period. But they can only do so much. You know what I'm saying? If you, if you leave me out stranded 
you know, as much as I'm certified as a lifeguard, eventually something gonna happen. You know, I'm gonna need help. And and that's what right now the the Pittsburgh Steelers defense is asking for, man. They're asking for some kind of help. And even if we, we're not scoring points, at least run the ball, run the clock down, give me a breather. Because these three and outs, 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 it's not doing us no good. You know what I'm saying? So in Chase, um, that's that's the new wave now. You know, if you if you got your first round quarterback um, and you got a, a first round talent at receiver and you got opportunity, that's going to be the new recipe. That's what these young offensive coordinators doing. That's what these young, you know, uh, general managers doing, man. They're getting the quarterback and the wide receiver uh, marriage, you know, and, 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 and I love it. You got to think outside the box. And, you know, for, for, for a time they said Jamar Chase was having problems with training camp and couldn't catch, but look at him now. You know, yeah. and that's just the call yeah. on the relationship. You know, you get a Jalen Hurts and you get Jalen Hurts. I did get Jalen Hurts. You get the former Heisman Trophy winner and Tavondi Smith at the wide receiver position. It's just, you know, being comfortable. You know, usually when you look at somebody being comfortable, you look at a, a Tom Brady and, and a Grunt, you look at a, 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 a Aaron Rodgers and a Deontay Adams and see what they're doing. But to get these young quarterbacks, man, you just getting their college teammates, you know. And it, it's just a good feeling for them. And it, and it secures the quarterback position because he's always comfortable because he's know, he knows these guys. But getting back to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, man, it's just tough right now because they're giving, they're giving everything. They're giving everything they can. Mm-hmm. They just need help on the offensive side. And I think the only help they can, that the offense can give them right now is by running the ball. But slowly but surely, the play-action pass game will come. Then you can start seeing these deep, long balls thrown by a big bet. It's not rocket science, Ike. And I, I mean, no, <laughs> I, I'm going to keep a tally for the rest of the day. Uh, really, maybe the rest of the season where you say, put Big Ben under center, run an eye formation, run the ball, set up your play action. Like, I'm going to start keeping tally now, Ike, because to me, that makes complete sense with everything we've talked about week in and week out here on this show. Defensively, Terrell Edmonds getting an interception. I thought, okay, contract season. Let's turn the ball over. Let's take advantage of the great field position. Then Big Ben gets intercepted by Logan Wilson, who had two picks of Big Ben not able to take advantage of the turnover or the great field position either. So a squandered opportunity and good teams take advantage and play complimentary football. And that's exactly what we're talking about, Ike. Yeah. I mean, Cincinnati is young. And I, yeah. I tell you, Cincinnati is young. Baltimore is playing at a, at a high confidence level, a high confidence level right now. They're winning a lot of close games. And – the Cleveland Browns, all they're doing is handing it off to Nick Chubbs <laughs> and Kareem Hunt and playing. That's they they win it ugly. Baltimore win it ugly, um, and the Cleveland Browns are winning ugly. And once they get rolled, and they they're not even rolling, you know. You know, you look at the Baltimore Ravens; they damn near was missing three starting running backs and two starting corners. They I think they got Jimmy Smith back last game. You look at the Cleveland Browns. They had a slow start going into Chicago, but you know what they did? Baker Mayfield kept handing that ball off <laughs> to, to Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs, you know? So then you look at, we can go to the Pittsburgh Steelers game. Joe Mixon coming from Oklahoma. We said if he, if he stay healthy, he's going to be something serious in that, in that division. 
and look exactly what he did, which say he had 18 carries and, and 90 yards. Yes, sir. So, the, the, like you say, it's not rocket science. There is no secret. The secret is there is no secret. The teams that are winning and giving themselves a chance are the teams that have established some kind of running game. The last time the Bengals beat the Steelers at Heinz Field by double digits, Ike, you've got to go back to 1995. Been a long time. Oh, my gosh. 1995, I was 15 years old. <laughs> For the <laughs> listeners of the podcast, Ike has his hand. He had his hands on his face. And uh, before your, well before your NFL playing career, I saw that. So to put, give some history of what happened in yesterday's game and why a lot of Steelers fans are disgruntled and frustrated and upset because the road's not going to get any easier as they head into week four into Green Bay. We'll get into that here in a little bit. Ike, we're going to move to Taylor Talk. Your Chalk Talk breakdown, play breakdown as well. So I'll set up the scenario. It was fourth and 10, 309 left in the fourth quarter. You're down two scores, and Big Ben decides to dump the ball off to running back Najee Harris, who tries to make several defenders miss. But it's like at that point, understand the down distance and situation of the game. Big Ben even said as much after in the post-game news conference saying he needs to throw the ball into the end zone, and that's exactly what I thought on this play. But we've got it pulled up here now, Ike. What did you see? Well, see, if you look at this play, they 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 crowd the line. And stop it if we can. If we can go back, if we can go back, man, if you just look at this play from the get-go, they're just crowding the line. So they've been attacking Ben. And what I mean by attacking Ben, they've been blitzing Ben a little bit, you know? So if you look down at the bottom, it looks like one-on-one coverage. But if you look at the right corner for the Cincinnati Bengal, he has outside leverage because he know. Uh, a, a linebacker or a safety is about to come out and take his inside leverage, so he has help on the backside. If you if you check and see, Ben is thinking, man, these they might be playing cover zero. Now cover zero is where everybody blitzing the linebacker and the whole defensive line blitzing, and the only people who are going to be in coverage are the secondary guys. But it's not like that. And what I did like about what the Cincinnati Bengals did on this was they disguised, and that's something when we was winning Super Bowls mm-hmm. when I was playing. We disguise things very well. It looked like we was coming, and we'll draw back into the zone. And sometimes it was vice versa. But on this fourth and ten, yeah, that's exactly what they did. If I was seven, and I know it's hard for seven because he has a lot going on in his brain right now. But like he said earlier, I thought seven should at least shot for the end zone. But you got to give Cincinnati their props on disguising their defense and see if you can roll this tape. He's thinking a hot blitz. That's why he let the ball go to. Najee Harris quick because he thought for sure. But you got seven guys down there from from the Cincinnati Bengals ready to roll. So that won't nothing but a zone, a zone blitz looking like in disguise, and then wind up backing up, playing the line, which was fourth and ten, having been to check it down, even though he shouldn't. But I understand what Ben was thinking. But you got to give the Cincinnati Bengals their props, man. They didn't bring nothing but four people, and they and they. They fake seven out and had them thinking it was, you know, a total zero man blitz dropped back in the skies. And that's what kind of sealed the game. They had no chance after that. Courtney, could you pause it right here, right where we're at right now? Uh, so this is the aerial shot, Ike. So we call we call that the box. So if you look at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, you got eight guys in the box. So you got your corner down on your right hand side down here by himself. 
At least that's what they think. Then you got your other two corners at the top. You got your corner with the X. You got your corner in the slot. They're looking like they're in inside leverage, zero man coverage. Then you have you have your safety up. And what your safety is doing, your safety is up by the running back. So I know for sure seven is like, man, I can scat this, scat 22 Najee out, and I'm going to check, I'm going to get a ball down to him. So now it's going to be a one on one matchup. That's exactly what he's thinking. But as soon as the ball is snapped, watch what the Cincinnati defenders do. So go ahead and run the play, Courtney. Oh, that's the beautiful thing. And you see everyone Everybody. just converge on Najee as well. And we play, you're we exactly play. right. If you look at the, the bottom of the screen where Clay Poole's lined up, the mm-hmm. corner has outside leverage. He's taking away the outside. And then you can see as they – it looks like they're blitzing, but they draw off. He's got inside help. So Clay Poole's almost double teamed in a sense. So he's yeah, kind of taken away. Claypool is double teaming because you know what Seven likes to run with Claypool's face and, exactly. and go ball. So that that's exactly. that, that ain't a good game plan. So you get around they call that the little high red zone area. You get around the high red zone area and seven see one on one action, man. That's exactly what he's thinking. So that's good game plan and understanding we call that situational football. That's good situational football by the Cincinnati Bengals, not only running it correctly, but disguising their coverage and doing something what they don't Act like they're gonna do something, but it did something totally opposite. So, man, that was that was that was honestly, Coastal Bowl would have been Coastal Bowl would he probably would have had that up. He would have rewind that thing at least a thousand times because that's what we were so used to doing: disguising our coverage, making them think we're gonna do something else. Then wind up when the ball gets snapped, man, wind up making a play, and the play was made on a crucial situation on that fourth and ten, and uh. Had been checked down, Najee. I, I I know Ben thought it was going to be a one-on-one situation, mm-hmm. but it wasn't. That footage, courtesy of NFL Game Pass, and I another thing on that play that I really liked is if you watched uh, the upper hash, the Bengals defensive end Sam Hubbard funnels Pat Fryermuth inside before he has his contained responsibility to so to get hands on the tight end to slow him down. And then again, I would have liked to see Big Ben take an end zone shot with one of the two receivers flanked out to the right side just to give the Steelers a chance and that opportunity. But you, like you said, because the Bengals, because they disguised their coverage, that's the reason why he checked down to Najee. They're thinking he had a one-on-one when he really didn't. And you know, you have several guys converge on Najee, tries to hurdle over the one defender. And there's like three other Bengals defenders there. And it's just like, oh man, that kind of, at that point, that was the nail in the coffin on Sunday's game. Yeah, the Cincinnati Bengals played that right. If you watch, you know, um, Pat Farrell move in, in, in just earlier during the season, the first couple of games, man, in the red zone, that's what Seven was looking. He was just throwing the ball high and and, and, and letting Farrell move just use his height and catch the ball. So I'm taking two guys away from Seven that he <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I'm taking two guys away from Seven that he liked in the red zone. I'm taking a tight end and I'm taking, you know, Chase Claypool away from him. And that's exactly what they did. Somebody else got to beat us, but they did it in the zone kind of disguise, which was perfect for that situation. All right, Ike, we're going to move to some of the other week three games. Wanted to know kind of what your takeaways were. My biggest one was this. The Kansas Mm -hmm. City Chiefs at one and two, last place in the AFC West. The Chargers went into Arrowhead and won on the road. That to me is kind of the big headline from the weekend and I hope Andy reads okay because he was taken to the hospital after that game and it 
appears like he'll be okay. But that to me was the big overarching story throughout the league in week three. But what say you, what stuck out to you in week three throughout the league? Man, with the Aaron Rodgers and the Patrick Mahomes and these quarterbacks that like to take the deep shots, they just run in cover two. These defenses just run in cover two. Um, and they understand, man, it's going to have to be a, a 12 to 15 play drive, damn near every drive. Now, how comfortable is the quarterback? How comfortable is the offense coordinator? Will they be? Will they get too antsy? And they're betting that an offense coordinator or a guy who's aggressive, like a Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, man, they're going to always stay aggressive because they're always going to want to make that so called splash play, that big play, you know? And, and so you just use that against them. And that's exactly what teams are starting to do now. Um, they just starting to play cover two and say, man, just run the ball. And if you're a quarterback and your whole life, you're just making plays by throwing it up in the air and you see it and you see yourself on ESPN and all these shows, man, you're going to get tired of just dinking and dunking the ball, man. But that's what made Tom Brady so special. Tom Brady understood. I'm just, and these are great. They want to take what you gave them. They want. They always want the big play. So you know that's that's what's going on with the Chiefs. And I and I, and I always said this. I didn't think the Chiefs had a good you know run stopping defense. You know I thought the Chiefs just by personnel. They always felt like man, as long as we got Patrick Mahomes, we'll be up, and then we can just let the dogs free and get to the quarterback and with these good pass rushes and with these multiple blitzes. Right now, that's not happening. Teams are just handing the ball off and 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 keeping Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. If you just watch, you know, the, the the first game against the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns did the same thing. Matter of fact, Cleveland Browns did that last year in the loss to the to the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, but they stuck with it this year again. They just couldn't find a way to win. Now teams are doing that. You get a team like the LA Chargers, man, with a with a another stud as well with Justin Herbert. That's exactly what he's gonna do. He's going to hand the ball off. They're going to make it balanced. You'll get Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to make the plays when they need to make the plays, and that's exactly what they're doing. And don't forget, you know, you still got a, a good DNA guy, one of the Bosa boys sitting over there, you know, at the outside linebacker position, DN position as well, and them guys making plays on the back end too. So, man, I'm telling you, man, this – this Kansas City Chiefs team, if you have some kind of running game, that's exactly what they're going to do. They're going to make Patrick Mahomes sit on the sideline and watch the running game run on their defense. Ike, I know you could say this about a lot of teams, but the Chiefs could very easily be 3-0 and just as easily as they could be 0-3 right now. Right. If you take away just a few plays, in all honesty, like it, right. it's, which is crazy to me, last place in the AFC West through three weeks of the season – Certainly didn't expect this. I'm not going to freak out quite yet with them, just given no. how potent that offense is. And maybe more, most importantly, if they protect the ball a little bit better. I, I think, again, two of those losses could very easily be wins. Then you had the Bucks losing to the Rams as well. And I think the Rams might be the best team in the NFC West. And you've got a week four showdown, Rams against Cardinals, two 3-0 teams entering this game. Thought Matt Stafford looked excellent, especially considering that Akers is out for the season. Henderson did not play, so you're out with the you're without your top two running backs, and he looked as good as any quarterback I've seen the last two or three years. Yesterday, 
when the onus is on him to be able to distribute the ball out to his playmakers, uh, Cooper Cut, Robert Woods, Deshaun Jackson at age 30, 34 still is right. down the fountain of youth. He's still the fastest player on the field. It's unbelievable. Still running fast, people, at 34. Still. And still. he's – He's part of the Belief Podcast Network family as well. So we're going to, you know, he's doing it both on the field and on the pod as well, Ike. So that's called double duty right there. But you've got a great week four showdown in what potentially could be an MVP race early in the season between Stafford and Kyler Murray. That's one of those games I can't wait to watch in week four. Yeah, the Bucs, the Bucs, the Bucs just ran out of time. I mean, you just got to give it to the Rams and the Rams, the Rams put enough pressure on Tom Brady because um, they didn't wind up scoring. It was 0-0 to the second quarter. So actually yes, it was sir. a good Now after the second quarter, you know, the L.A. Rams just kind of took off on the offense and understood what Tom Brady and gang was trying to do on their defense. But I think the thing that's helping the the, the L.A. Rams is not only is Matthew Stafford um, between the relationship with him with him and Coach Sean McVay because they talked about it. And, you know, them boys going to Cabo in the offseason and spending time with each other. But – you know, Sean McVay said, man, he changed the whole building. When when they acquired Matthew Stafford, he set the bar very high just off of his, you know, football IQ. And now he now he sees what luxury is, you know. And if you look at what Coach Bruce Aaron said about Matthew Stafford, Coach Bruce Aaron said, man, he used to come to the games early just to see a pro. So he felt like he had one of the best arms in the game effortlessly. So that's that's what you got to like about Matthew Stafford. Now you put Matthew Stafford with a good defense and, and some good weather with the young, beautiful mind and Coach Sean McVay with the with, with the good vibes that they got going on in LA and put them with a stud, future Hall of Famer Aaron Donald company, man, they cook it with gas. That's how I look at it. So it's just it's just you can see Matthew Stafford now is really having fun and his mind is free. You know, you can Absolutely. just look at look at the body language from when he was with Detroit okay, I'm just here to play football and, and win some ball games to the time he's with the L.A. Rams. It's like, man, I'm really having fun. You know, I'm really having fun. But when you got a head coach who's 120% behind you, man, that's exactly what you're going to do. And when you got a defense who says, man, we finally have a quarterback, that ain't going to do nothing but boost your confidence anyway. So, but, yeah, it was it was a tough one. Um you know, they they just got some they got some young studs and, and putting Jalen Ramsey in that slot position the inside sometimes, that's just making that defense ten times better. You know, you're just not lining Jalen Ramsey up, you know, on the outside. You're using Jalen Ramsey in the inside. You got him blitzing, you got him checking tight ends, and you putting him in good situational football things and letting him use his talent. It's also key. You know, so you really you got it's hard it's hard to say, man, I had two Hall of Famers on this defense. I'm looking at Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donalds, man. Like these, Sean McVay is playing with, you know, house money when it comes down to that defense. So, yeah, but it they came out, man. All the stars was out in L.A. If you watched the game, man, you saw all the stars was out in L.A. just for that game. And, man, it, it was it, it was good to watch. It was, like, it was like looking at a boxing match. You know, when you have the high-profile guys and you got to pay for that pay-per-view or you watch boxing, you know, all the stars come out. All the stars came out in L.A. for that game. So that was fun to watch. Yeah, With the Rams LeBron, LeBron Kimmel, Draymond Green, everybody, Larry David. Everybody came out 
for that game. Magic Johnson came out for yep. the game. Man, they had so many people just come out for that game, man. So that that, that was good to see. But but don't please don't forget, everybody want to see the goat, Tom Brady. Everybody wants to see the goat. I was watching football yesterday, and in New England coming up next week because uh, Tampa Bay Bucks play New England, man. You know they say the seats went from three hundred to damn near seventeen hundred dollars, depending on where you at, and all that's because of Tom Brady. If y'all would, if New England would have kept Tom Brady two years ago, the seats would have been at the regular price. The fact that Tom Brady left y'all on one Super Bowl, now we got now we got regular seats going from three hundred to seventeen hundred, and ain't no telling when Sunday comes what that what that price gonna go up to. Because if I if I'm a, if I'm a season ticket holder, man, I'm gonna let them things fly. I'm gonna put that thing on Ticketmaster and see if I can get me a cool ten piece. Ike, the Buccaneers were playing without your former teammate, Antonio Brown, yesterday. We need to mention that in the loss to the Rams. You mentioned Tom Brady and the Bucs. I can't wait to say to see who says this on TV today, that the Bucs were looking past the Rams in week three in preparation for their week four game against the New England Patriots. Brady, Belichick, someone's going on TV to say it, and I'm telling you right oh, now it is going to yeah, happen. They already said it. Y'all already saw it on Undisputed. Shout out to Coach. We shout out to Coach. Shout out to Shannon. These stories Shaw. write themselves. Yeah. These stories yeah. write themselves. Yeah. But they 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 already they already said that. You know, but I don't think Tom Brady ever looking ahead. I I just think that, you know, the LA Rams just came to play. You know, yeah. and that's that's just what it was. Ike, week four, our beloved Steelers travel to Lambeau Field take on the Green Bay Packers. Packers opened at a seven and a half point favorite. Want to see if this line shifts or moves right now because I don't have a whole lot of confidence in the Steelers. But I tell you what, glass half full of Mark is out on the pod today. I'm excited to see how the Steelers fare against their future quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, in 2022. I'm hanging on to that shred of hope for the Steelers. <laughs> it ran, the show is off the rails, Ike. It is off the rails. I see. Uh, I'm looking at 28-17, the Packers. 28-17. I, I hope you say differently later this week, and we're going to have a full preview podcast <laughs> due out Friday. <laughs> I'm sticking to that, Mark. 28-17, Green Bay Packers win. Well, let me ask you again later this week when we make our score prediction. I want to do some more scouting. I want to see if the Steelers can get anyone back from injury. But going on the road in Green Bay is going to be brutal. Yeah, it's going to be very brutal. 28-17. Okay, we later today are going to be recording with Solomon Wilcox and Mm -hmm. Pac-Man Jones on -hmm. their podcast later today. So... I'd encourage our listeners to follow us on social media. We'll make sure we get that information and their converse, uh, conversation about the week three fiasco between the Bengals and the Steelers. I'm excited to talk with them later today. That'll be due out later today, but this episode will be up Monday. Reaction show week three, Steelers fall 24 to 10 to the Bengals in week three. But I want to give you a shout out, the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network. Brinks TV, Courtney Vargas, John Brinkus, and our guy Herbert behind the scenes making us look good. And then the sponsor is betonline.ag of today's episode. But I think that's a wrap here for today's show. Yeah, just want to appreciate everybody for tuning in. Got to give a shout out to you, Coach Courtney. 
along with the Brink TV crew and Bet Online were just for just rocking with us since day one. Coach Courtney, Coach Courtney, Miss Courtney and the crew. No, I like that. I like Coach Courtney. Coach Courtney, Miss um, Courtney and the crew are from from Brink TV. Man, it got me and Mark looking better than what we ever did. So I appreciate that part, not only with the slides and subscription and and everything else, man, but just making us and keeping us looking professional on air. So I appreciate that. Bet online, I appreciate that. Mark, I appreciate that. Believe in pot, believe in Steelers podcast. I appreciate y'all as well. We got a two piece com- coming on today. Uh, we'll be on with you know the Cincinnati crew too as well. So make sure, man, you tune in. Give us a five star rating, just like how you like your five star restaurants and five star hotels. We're a five star group. Mark and I. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you later this week for that week four preview between the Steelers and the Packers. Take care and so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.